Well, for weeks now, we have been talking about living hope. And what we mean by that is the way our faith shapes our hope and gives us power to live with resilience and with purpose and with joy. So our senior pastor, Emily Wright, had a great idea that today we're going to focus on the really unique perspective about hope that comes from our most senior members of this faith community. Now, I didn't take it personally at all that she asked me to preach this and not Claire. I mean, she wasn't typecasting or anything, was she? But truthfully, I jumped at the chance to walk into that passage that Kevin just read from Psalm 71 and explore it with you. Because you see, it's one thing to keep hope alive for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But what does it mean to spend six or seven decades stretching toward hope? So I did the only thing I knew to do. I went to three of my friends in this congregation who are 20 to 30 years my senior. I wanted to get their perspective on hope, and it is my joy to be able to share that with you today. But before we hear from them, let us pray. Loving and gracious God, giver of all our days, we come to you seeking wisdom, grateful for those in our midst who have walked the life of faith a long time. Be with us now. Speak to us now. Help us to find hope for today and to share that hope with one another. Amen. Yes, I'm 79. You know, I'm in my 80th year. I'm, I'm 89. I'll be, I'll be 90 in August. It's easy sometimes to despair. And yet, if you look back, and I had an occasion to do this uh, during this period of time, and you look at what uh, research can tell us, and what we know is that the world is really becoming a much better place. And God is at work in the world. And that's a real source of hope. My daughter is an immunologist and had a uh, wonderful breakthrough uh, experience in, in a cancer treatment. And it just re renewed my conviction that uh, and it's helped during the pandemic for me to think this uh, this cancer thing was four or five years ago, but I, I clung to that all through the pandemic. That 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 long before the vaccines actually were available, I felt confidence that they. I felt very hopeful that, and I still do, even though it rages on worldwide. So, well, it's interesting. I think I do believe that that the consequences of the good things that have happened, and certainly 
in our, in our country have occurred in large part because of advances in science and technology. It's, uh, they've given us this revelation, essentially, of how the world really is and how it works. This is, is another expression of God at work in the world. I would hope we've made some progress as a world. Um, and based on the, the Bible studies and the Sunday school class, where we've looked at a lot of historical context, I have reason to hope that's so. Specifically, I think one of the most hopeful things to me has been uh, the Paris Climate Agreement. For 195 countries to agree on anything and to agree on the importance of protecting the, this earth that we have to live on. Well, continuing to try to make the world better, two steps forward, one step back. I guess I'm really impressed currently with progress I see in medical science, especially the science of the immune system, especially the war against the pandemic. I just think it's stunning. So I'm really grateful to Ellen and Phil and Francis. Phil and Francis are actually here in the sanctuary this morning. Ellen is doing Mother's Day with her kids and grandkids. Um, but I'm very grateful to them. I gave them no direction. I gave them no real time to prepare. I just simply sat them down and asked them, where do you find hope? I'm wondering if you noticed. Did you notice that all three of them actually believe the world is a better place than when they were younger, improving even? Did you notice that they see God at work in the world? And did you notice that when I asked them about hope, they immediately went to movements, events, trends that were beyond themselves? Movements and events and trends that actually stretch far into the future. I spoke with them for over a half an hour and I found out lots of things. A lot of it, most of it I had to cut out of the video. Um, but they talked about cancer treatment. They talked about advances in immunology and medical science in general, in technology. Francis talked a lot about the parents' climate agreement and let me tell you, she knows a lot. She knows which countries have signed, who is keeping the agreement, who is not. She'll tell you all about it. And then there's Phil, who actually, I had to cut out, sorry Phil, his talk about global financial trends and the decrease of global poverty over the last 30 years. These are just some of the things they spoke of that give them hope. And I want to suggest that there are three things that stood out to me about how these wonderful fellow church members live their lives. First is how engaged Ellen and Phil and Francis are with the world around them. How they are involved, how they work for the things that they hope for, how they understood worldwide trends and events. That's why I had to edit out most of what they said about him. Secondly, when it comes to hope, these three folks focused on the things that line up 
with their understanding of God's activity in the world, not on the things that are tearing the world apart. They're watching, looking for God's activity. And third, and maybe most importantly, they've taught me hope is really a long game. It's a long game. Ellen and Phil and Francis immediately went to those things they see in the world that will make the lives of their children and grandchildren better. Things that actually take a lot of human effort, a lot of human focus, things that will take decades to come to fruition. Now please don't be fooled. And please don't patronize these wonderful folks, not even in your mind. Because we often do that with our friends in their 80s and 90s. While I don't have the right to share their life story with you, just trust me. These three people have known despair. They've known grief. They've known financial hardship, problems with family, broken dreams, even medical problems. They do not speak to us today as got sweet old people. I hate that phrase, okay? Sweet old people. No, they are tough, eyes wide open people of faith, holding out hope for their families, for their community, for their world, and wanting really desperately to pass that hope on to others. In the same way, Psalm 71 says, So even to old age and gray hairs, I will proclaim your might to all generations to come. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You see, the psalmist has seen a lot, experienced a lot. Seen and experienced God's power and God's righteousness, great things to be shared with generations to come. But the psalmist has seen other things as well. Writing, you have made me see many troubles and calamities, O God. The psalmist isn't blind to the troubles, to the difficulties of life any more than we are. In fact, the psalmist, actually, if you read the entire 71st Psalm, seems to be smack in the middle of something that's not really that great. Political distress, maybe, a physical ailment, a family problem, a drought, maybe even a plague. We don't know. But look at what the psalmist does. The psalmist takes what he's experiencing, whatever might be causing despair, and brings it to God, engages God, recognizing that God knows about these things. You he writes, you have made me see these things. So now, O oh God, make me see your power. Let me see your work in me and around me again. Writing, you will revive me, God, again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor. You will comfort me again. Friends, I really don't know a clearer or more poetic expression in all of Scripture of living hope. Hope that stays engaged and acts. 
hope focused on the character of God, the work of God, and hope that plays the long game, right? Not just about today, not what have you done for me lately, but hope that stretches into an unknown future. Believing that God will act again and again, revive again and again, comfort again and again. If not today, then tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then in time. Living hope that stretches and carries us into an unknown future. Hope is a long game, my friends. Many of you know that something kind of exciting is happening in my family's life. I won't be around much after Tuesday because my third, final, and only daughter child is getting married right here in this sanctuary in about six days. And I had no idea, having had two sons get married, that being the mother of the bride is very, very different. There are a ton of details. I'm learning a lot about these details of hosting a wedding. This, for example, this is the beginning of what is a really time-consuming mother of the bride project. My daughter, she asked me to find these wedding pictures. Those are her grandparents, Al's parents, my parents. And she's asked me to put together this big display. It's going to have all kinds of pictures of Al and I and other family members of Jay's getting married. And she wants me to put this display together with her picture, she and Jay's picture, just smack in the middle. And on the night of the reception, these photos are supposed to, I don't even know where they're going to be, but they're going to be greeting the guests. It's, it's going to be quite a Pinterest display, don't you know, when it's all done. But as I kind of set this up to show you, and as I've been thinking about this project, I realized I really, I can't blame my daughter for wanting these photos from the 1950s, right, to be at her wedding. For wanting her picture with her future husband to be nestled between theirs. Because right there is represented on the left 67 years of marriage and on the right 64 years of marriage. They literally for Rachel represent living hope. And Rachel and Jay want to play the long game when it comes to their home and their marriage. A few minutes ago we stood right here at this baptismal font. And in between all of the excitement and the fun water, there were some pretty heavy promises made, weren't there, by these wonderful parents and, frankly, by you. And what we did when we made those promises is we said, you know what, we're going to play the long game because we know that that's what parenting is, that's what faith is, that's what a church community is. Many people are going to mark today as Mother's Day. 
And while everyone has their own experience of this day, while it is a wonderful celebration for some and a painful day for others, there is one thing I think we can all agree on. When we reflect on those people in our lives, the ones that shape us, that support us, that carry us, whether they gave birth to us or not, and when we think of those that we would shape or support or carry, it always involves playing the long game, doesn't it? It involves comforting again and again. It involves raising up again and again, forgiving and cherishing and renewing again and again. Thanks be to God for such wonderful people in our lives, no matter who they are, the ones that have stuck with us and played the long game, hoping and loving again and again. Hope is a long game, and the psalmist and our friends in the video, they have taught me that hope looks down the road. It always sees beyond what is to what God will do again. It looks down the road and it watches for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. It looks down the road and it trusts in what cannot be seen and then takes joy in the present. Certainly the activities for young people, mission trips, jam, signals, break away to try to keep them tied to the church where they can find their hope and a community of, of faith. I mean, I think that's the main thing. It's a community of faith. Well, and you look backwards, you know, uh, I certainly think humanity seems to be moving into a more, uh, a less violent and a more uh, uh, inclusive world than I grew up in even, right. And we have uh, been blessed with grandchildren, children and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. And what I hope they see at this stage in our lives, what I hope they see and can experience is that is the importance of staying engaged that uh, it's a wonderful world. And I was uh, the other day out in our little farm and I was out on our tractor mowing the pasture and something banged up and the bush hog got jammed up. And so I got off and raised it up as far as I could and got down and crawled underneath it and was pulling this barbed wire off of it, saying some unkind things at the same time. And then I realized what a gift, what a gift it is to be able at this stage in my life and to have the gift of this thing that I could be under there working on it and, uh, and doing something that I really love to do. And to stay with the people that you know and love and be engaged with them, I mean, just to continue to enjoy life, enjoy, and what better way really to glorify God and to enjoy him forever than to live fully in appreciation of all that, that he's given us. Hope is a long game. It's a long game whether you're 80 or 20, 40 or 60. 
It's a long game for us because God plays the long game with us and our world. From everlasting to everlasting, God doesn't change. God's love never ends. And here's the good news, the thing I want you to remember as you leave this place. God didn't leave us on our own to fight the good fight against despair, to raise ourselves up, to give ourselves hope again and again. No, scripture teaches us that our God in Jesus Christ gives us the power to see the good around us, the power to stay involved and engaged, and most importantly, the power to push forward when times are tough, the power to hope, the power to play the long game and wait upon God. Ephesians 3 says it this way, I ask that Christ would live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ beyond knowledge so you'll be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Power. Power to see. Power to stay engaged. Power to hope again and again, over and over, for the long haul and for the good of those around us. Like the psalmist, let us boldly proclaim, even to old age and gray hairs, O God, I will proclaim your might to all generations. Your power reaches the heavens, and you have done great things. Alleluia. Amen.